That was that was weird. I talked a little softer. Okay. Uh, hold on. Uh, keep talking. Yeah. All right. Now let's say a few things. Uh, I'm Jordan Miles, and here we are with the Miles and Merrill Make a Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Jordan Miles. This is... No, you have to say things now. I said things now. Say things now. Say things now. Things now. Things now. Things now. What are we going to call this? We can't call it the rewatchables. The we watchables because they would never watch it, but we will. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It sounds like we have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that we're... But we we're don't, watching I don't pee. think we have to call it anything. It's it's Miles and Meryl make a podcast about a movie that's been watched before and they're watching again. Well, but because like, we're taking inspiration from the no, rewatchables. No but, like the, no, but like the idea is like, you know, because it's like when I, you know, it's like, well, the first episode is Miles and Meryl make a podcast. Second episode is Miles and Meryl make a sports podcast. Third episode which doesn't exist right now, mm-hmm. is Miles and Meryl make a religion podcast. So wouldn't this be Miles and Meryl make a movie podcast? Yeah, but that seems too simple. Miles and Meryl make a watching podcast. Miles and Meryl make a Sturgit podcast. Miles and Meryl sit here for okay. two you hours. You gotta stop turning your head like that. While. It, without turning without your mic, because I can hear the difference in the sound. <laughs> Oh, no, she gave up. She turned off her mic. I'm just trying to be helpful because this is why we can't have done the other episode because there were sound problems. First of all, that wasn't my fault. It was your fault. And also, what, why no. we don't have the other podcast is because of divine intervention, Yes, not because of sound or, problems. Or it was our producer's fault. Or quit telling me what to do. <laughs> I was giving you a suggestion. No, you. And now I. Now I'm done talking because you interrupted my flow, man. I'm interrupting your flow. Okay. Uh, well, so uh, here we are doing this podcast. Is um, similar if you've ever listened to shows like The Rewatchables, uh, where they take an, a movie, a movie that's been out for a while. Uh, they usually pick one that they would consider to be a high end movie like an important film an important film yeah a film that's going to resonate beyond its regular time frame uh and uh, they kind of go through it and they talk about it talk about what's important about it what it's done why it's important um and they go through things about the movie uh after having rewatched it mm-hmm. and it's a movie that you should be able to watch over and over again is the idea something is that, that the idea yeah uh so we're doing that but we're doing that with a movie that i doubt they will ever do <laughs> uh even though 
It is a an important film in the sci-fi realm of movies. I think so. Well, it is. Uh, yeah. It's done a lot. So we are doing Stargate. Stargate. Uh, yes, the Stargate movie, or Stargate, as um, Meryl lovingly calls it. It's just what it's called. Uh, so Stargate is has been for me for a very long time has been one of my favorite science fiction things not just the movie but the subsequent tv shows that followed the movie eventually um and so i think it has a lot of importance (laughs) it I, i think it has a lot of importance it's it's well anything that can spawn now a soon to be four different television series right. about it has some level of importance. It was also a massively successful film when it came out, much more successful than I think they were anticipating. I was reading that it had a $55 million budget and then it grossed $196 million in the box wow. office. Or it made, well, yes, so it made it $196 million. So it's still, even if you're taking out the $55 million budget, you know, you're still talking about $140 million. Mm-hmm. That the movie made. Yeah, that's um, not that much. So that's... I've a, made more. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so in and of itself, just right there, it was successful. Of course, I did see it in theaters, and I did also own some of the toys uh, from it as well. And Meryl watched it, I don't know, a couple years I ago? I did not watch it in theaters. I did not watch it growing up. I did not watch any of it i did not have toys of it i watched it last year i think so yeah so meryl's much more new to the stargate team but we've Mm -hmm. gone through right obviously the film and we've gone we've gone through the film a couple times yes and then we've gone through all of stargate atlantis yes and we are in season seven of sg1 yes so you got a pretty good basis of everything. Nobody loves Ra more than I do. That is probably true. <laughs> it is 100% true. Yeah. Because uh, he is the best part of the entire series. Which is a funny thing to say for the person who's just in the movie. And you also have all of these other... But look at like all... The, I mean, I guess not so much Atlantis, but they talk about Ra all the time in SG-1. It's true. No, he's important. Yeah, he was uh, He was a very important... They made him into still a very important system lord. He essentially created the human race. Yeah. Uh, that, well, he was definitely, uh, I think, one of the main reasons why humans were on other planets in the series i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my answer okay uh, <laughs> i thought he was the reason that the humans were on earth no 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 no. they they took he took humans from earth i thought he put them on earth no 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 he went to earth because his body was dying no i knew that part. and that's where he found a body are you sure yeah because he went to Egypt. I want to know how positive do you I'm feel? I'm quite positive. I thought he created Egypt. No. Well, because I mean, the pyramids. They but, built the pyramids. No, but that's why the, the other place where like... Abydos. Yep. That's why it's just like Egypt. Because he made both of them. No, he was he, like, these are my little yeah, places. Yeah, but he found the people there. He built the pyramids there so he could land his spaceship. Mm. 
Because that's Daniel Jackson's theory. That's why people think he's crazy. He's like, I think these, the pyramids were landing No, platforms. I know all that part. Yeah. But I swear to God, there's... Where, where, where did, I swear to God, where did the humans come from? Other planets. No, no, that's no, the whole I point of the No, I swear to series. God, there is even a line in the movie where he's like, I made your race, so suck it, No, well, Trebek. I mean, he says that sort of a thing. No, he says it to Daniel Jackson. Yeah, I know, but like, he says it, but I think he means like, oh, I made you all as important as you are. Mm, I think you're reading between the lines not, too No, much. he did not... Well, look, okay, now there are definitely discrepancies between the movie and the series, <laughs> but I can tell you for 100% fact that the way the series connects it and definitely how they talk about the movies, he took people from Earth and he brought them to Abydos. Uh, not that they call it Abydos in the film. Um, and then subsequently in the TV series, they carry that on to other planets. Then how did and the humans get to Earth? Regular evolution. <laughs> Prove it. Evolution <laughs> is a theory. <laughs> but it's like that's why there's so many planets that have Earth-like but elements then how do you and know, cultures. How do you know, though, that he didn't take them from one of those planets and that's why Earth has so many of the same? Like, How do you know that those cultures aren't from other planets because versus Because then that Earth? means that a bunch of different ghouls brought all of these humans from all of these separate planets and then threw them all on Earth. But when traditionally only one Gua'uld would run no, a what? planet. You're not even making sense. No, Ra is the, he's the ghoul that's been to Earth. Yeah. He's the only one. None of the other ones have. So the idea would have been that he brought the humans over to Earth. That he was like, come on, little children. No, that's, but that's not, that's not it. How do you know? Because, because... Earthlings are the people who wrote the movie, and you always make it Earth-centric. <laughs> but it is Earth-centric. That doesn't mean that we started yes, here. Yes, it is. It is. That's I'm a, telling you, 100%. That's a dumb... That is... You're, t you're telling me that there's no way, no possible, even like a teeny fraction of a chance that maybe, just maybe, we did not start here. That we were brought here instead. Um. As far as this movie and entire series is concerned, there was zero chance. I think that's bullshit. I think you're if being you a liar. If you want to make that point in a broader scheme that does not include the nah. Stargate franchise, that's Listen, fine. Listen, I'm putting down a ground rule right now. If you're going to be this uppity the entire podcast, <laughs> I'll start up right now. I, you've I'm been, just letting you know. No, you've been very uppity this whole time. I'm letting you know what I know. But you couldn't. And you're just disagreeing because no. you don't like the answer. I'm saying I don't like your attitude. <laughs> okay. Because you've got a bad one. That's why. I'm Daniel Jackson and I'm going to walk in and all this work that you've been spending so long on, I'm going to mess it up because oh, I know more than you. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is I, I love it when characters get to show off like their intelligence. And I love the scene where Daniel Jackson gets to come in. Now, we're not going to be as fancy as the rewatchables. In this point, the rewatchables would be able to play a clip from the film that you could listen to. Mm. But we're not fancy enough to, you know, pay yeah, for rights. Yeah, but all you'd be hearing right now is chalkboard. Chalk <laughs> chalkboard. Uh, but that's one of my favorite scenes is... Terrible haircut. Yeah, they, they come in with the other, like, uh, scientists and archaeologists and stuff. And they've got the chalkboard of the hieroglyphs and what they think is like the translation and stuff that they can't translate. And he just comes in and just like erases things he's like that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And and he 
translate stuff that they couldn't even translate at all. And he's like, oh, I can't believe... He's like, who did you guys use for this? And, like, we we're using this one guy who's actually a real... The guy they mentioned is actually, like, a real, like, Egyptologist. Um, but he's like, I can't believe people are still using this guy. Like, he's a source, you know, and he just completely overrides everything that they've done. And he's like, no, this is what it is. I always like I always like it when characters can do that. Mm. Uh, do you particularly like when they're able to show how smart they are because you're a Ravenclaw? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would make some sense here. Um I know most of your favorite scenes are going to be one where Ra's giving heavy side eye probably. It's it's the best side eye that's ever existed in anything ever and it's like you feel the weight of it. He's judging you aggressively and taking incredible amounts of joy out of it. It's fantastic. What I love best about it though is you have this like so-called god who is the most powerful being that any of these people on this planet have ever experienced and he has enslaved creatures for generations and he is so goddamn beautiful and it does it's like the it's the best thing because and it's it's something that stargate does really well in general but it completely disregards the idea of hypermasculinity yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm going to wear a fucking headdress. Yeah. I look like Queen Amidala, and I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's great. <laughs> Especially because, like, one, one plus for the gold, they don't care. They're yeah. like, yeah, men's body, woman's body, whoever in between, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. I'm still going to enslave your people. You're all mine. Congratulations. No, it's true. And they, yeah, I like that they kind of carry throughout the series. Um, I mean, they don't get as elaborate with the costuming and stuff, probably because they it's a TV series and they have a lot less of a budget yeah, for it. Yeah, it. it is the one, it's the only thing that I don't like quite as much in in the in the television show, at least when it comes to, to the Gaul. Because, like, the characters on the show still keep a lot of the same spirit. Like, Samantha Carter is still ferocious. And yeah. nobody, like, it. there are times where people kind of second-guess her and then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to make you feel real sad here in a second. It's yeah. great. And Daniel Jackson is not a super hyper-masculine guy, yeah. but he's still well-respected on his team. Right. And Teal has a really good, like, just concept of people in general like i enjoy that they make this whole idea of like you must be very authoritative and you must be very strong and very male to be tough is like very clearly a white american concept versus like you get these other alien races and they're like i don't know you're being stupid i don't understand yeah i mean even even o'neill i mean they they change him obviously from the film into the series Mm because in the film he is uh, you know, just the the military guy, um, the commander. But yeah, it, part of it, it with his character is like he also just had his son shoot himself. Well, he goes through gun. an evolution though, and he's still kind of the sassy O'Neill yeah. that you get in the that you get in the television show. But you see an evolution of him in the movie, and then throughout the entire yeah, TV well, show, and which I think is that's, really positive. And that's the nice thing. It's like you know, because uh, some people complain from the you know, the switching O'Neill, you know, and it's like, well, but you have to remember that his son was just, sh- just shot himself yeah. with his own gun. It's like, so he, even if we're saying that he was this sassy guy with this sarcastic sense of humor, that's not going to come through as well right now, because in the movie, 
for him, this is a suicide mission. Exactly. And that's why he's going. He's right. like, will I die at the end of it? Probably. All right, sure, I'll take it. Cause right. <laughs> that's pretty much what I want to do right now. Right. You know, I was probably thinking about it when the military guys came into my into my boy's room and I had the gun in my Which hand. Which is also something that I actually really enjoy that they talk about because, yeah. and it's just something that this series does really well, um, like I already mentioned, but you have just a nice depth of characters. And so even the tough military man is sensitive and emotional and struggling and then you get episodes later on where like he's actually facing his death now that he's gotten to a place where he's not over the death of his son but has healed somewhat from it understands that like living is fine and that mortality is scary and i think that's an important an important thing but i was really liked that uh raw was as extra as he was very extra so extra. Put it my was, rings on, it servants. Was, it was the actor's name uh, Jay Davidson. Jay Davidson. Yeah, mm-hmm. his second and final film, final feature film. He did do like one super short film, I guess, years down the line. Yeah. He did one short film down the line, but yeah, I mean, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't a big fan of the attention. I mean, he didn't like the attention that he got from the first movie. I was reading the. Well, the first movie was also a pretty. I mean, he played a transgendered character. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, think about when that was made. Right, right. Yeah, it was super early 90s. And he was 90s. a gay man who was very slight and 92. feminine. And then you're looking yeah. at being a gay man in the 90s. Yeah, that was from the crying game, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's, there's just a lot of cultural things that were still tough to, yeah. to get around. So Yeah, but then he did this movie, got a million dollars for it, thought that he... So for what I got from the trivia was that he didn't want to really turn down the movie, but he really wasn't sure about doing it because from after doing the crying game, the attention that he was getting. And so he he threw out what he thought was a ridiculous number to ask for in terms of payment for the film, which was a million dollars. And they gave it to him. They were like, yeah, sure. I guess he didn't, maybe he didn't realize how big of a budget they had that it was, you know, a $55 yeah, probably. million I mean, budget. But you never think about like, sci-fi movies as being yeah that's true wildly successful i I mean and it's i mean he's the he's the main bad guy but it's not like he's not really on screen like a whole amount no he could be on the screen more i would take a whole movie that was just raw yeah no that would have been cool um so a couple of things about i mean maybe we should talk some of the other stuff so this is uh you know a roland emmerich film roland emmerich uh famous for many disaster movies like what uh the day after tomorrow being one uh which one was that independence day that one i know which one's the day after tomorrow i I think i think that's the that's the one with the global warming i think was that the one where the the poster for it is like the statue of liberty partially sticking out of the the snow maybe Hmm. oh i don't know uh somebody's if there are real Roland Emmerich fans listening, I don't know. Does he have like real like fan fans? But if they are, they're upset. Right I know now. Independence Day though. That, yeah. that's a big one. But anyway, so he's you know he does a lot of these big he, him and Michael Bay get um, put together a lot uh, for oh. styles okay. and everything. Pretty much because they can, they can they tend on the side of well let's blow it up, let's blow things up. What about the plot? Eh, blow, it let's up. blow it up. Let's blow, blow it up. Blow the plot. Who cares? Got it. 
if we blow it up, people will like it, sort of a thing. And it, uh, but sometimes they get, you know, Independence Day, Stargate, you know, they get these kind of gems in there. Um, I'm sure Michael Bay has some of those somewhere. Um, well, I mean, I don't mind the first Transformers is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Transformers would be good if it was just robots. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Transformers, I don't think, has the same... Transformers, I don't think, is going to last as long. Like, Stargate still lasts because I think the idea of Stargate people attach to a lot. People like the idea of it. Um, that I think even if you consider flaws with the movie, I think it's easy to get past it because it's cool. <laughs> You're like... Well, and I don't even just think because it's cool, but because it's, like, actually a really good movie. Like, yeah. you have interesting characters you have exciting adventure but also like relationships and involvement with a people that you may yeah. not be used to and yeah which is nice yeah it's visually beautiful and not just like fun to watch because it's cool but fun to watch because it's exciting yeah. because there's something there that you like you don't see a lot of that celebrated. Well, it's like... Um, Give me a villain with more headdresses. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I, and then I, I still... I was thinking about like, you know, when the Stargate first opens and you get that rush out, you know. Cause it, it looks, looks like, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And stuff. Uh, what? What do you mean? That's what, like the visuals of it remind me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids slash Honey, I Blew Up those, the Kid. Those are pretty close together, though, weren't they? I yeah, mean, probably. They were, I think those are... They're in the mid, 90s, so yeah. that makes sense. Um, but, um, you know, it's like I remember like when I first saw it when I was a kid, you know, it was 94. So I was like, I don't know, like five, mm -hmm. <laughs> five, six years old or whatever. Uh, and... You know, the the shock, it's like everybody has, like, the actors, you know, the characters all have the shock of seeing the Stargate open, but it's like, I was, like, the same way. You're like, oh, what? Right. That's so cool looking, you know? And actually, I think on a visual uh, effect aspect, like, the opening of the Stargate still holds up pretty well. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, even in the TV shows, too. It's like, you know, yeah. and again, that's lower budget, but, like, they still took the time to make it look cool. Yeah. Um, it's like, we're going to spend some money on this. You also know? very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get stuck in that. Yeah. You don't want to get stuck in the, uh, event horizon when it's opening before it's established, completely established. You're, you'll die. Mm -hmm. Also, it's one way. So don't, you know, don't go through it and then try to run right back through, you know, without it, without it shutting down and you redialing. That's dangerous. Does that happen? It's a safety thing. Well, not in the movie. That, that's not something they establish in the movie. They establish that in the TV show. Is that it's mm. only a one way. When you open it, it goes one way. You can... Yeah. What episode do they establish that in? I don't know, but it's pretty early. Mm. I'm disappointed in you. Pretty early in, in SG-1. Um So, uh, one of the other reasons why we're doing this movie in particular for our uh watching movies podcast watching old movies podcast um is that because the new series is coming out 
Yes. Soon. Um, Stargate Origins. is, And by soon, I mean, we're recording this on Valentine's Day on the mm-hmm. 14th because we have a lot of Valentine's Day plans. And we thought, what a great way to cancel on them. I did celebrate my Valentine's yeah. Day. Um, and so it's coming out tomorrow, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. Uh, which I hope is good because I love Star Yates. You can hope. <laughs> Uh, I haven't, I, I'm, I mean, we're not going to talk about it that much because I haven't read very much on it. I know you haven't read a lot because I don't, like I to haven't read. read anything about it. Yeah. And I, I don't really like to read no. a lot of stuff on that kind of thing. It's like, I, you know, I watched the trailer. That's what I did. Like that's, I didn't I even watched, do that. I watched like the teaser trailer. Cause it's like, I, I know I'm going to end up watching it anyway. So sometimes I don't like to watch trailers for things because it makes me feel anxious. I don't know. You know what I did realize, though, as we're sitting here, is that uh-huh. we might have, you know, in our hundreds upon millions of listeners, have people who don't know what Stargate is. Well. So, since I obviously know the most about it, <laughs> I'll give a quick rundown. Okay. Stargate follows the story of a young scientist who studies a lot about Egypt and the like, who believes aliens built pyramids so that they could land on them. Uh, his name is Daniel Jackson. And a military leader named Colonel O'Neill. And a team of military humans. And some other scientists who find a buried ring. What is happening? Sorry, we have the movie playing on in the background. Uh, no, it's doing, that's the thing that it does. Because my DVD's messed God, up. It's because it's old. Yeah, just let it play regularly. It'll just it'll it'll go through. It was playing right. Whatever. Um, no, but you, you hit fast forward for a second. Yeah, because I was trying to fast forward through the thing, but then it skipped backwards. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's why whatever. I um, you. So <laughs> they find this ring buried in the sand, and they're like, "This looks special." And then they figure out that it is um, a portal, so to speak, or a gateway. That's a better word. Uh, to be to... fair, the portal was discovered in like the okay, but 30s. You bear, you like barely know that. It, you don't know that it's a. They don't know well, that's a portal at all. I just want to make it clear all. that like Daniel Jackson and Colonel O'Neill did not discover. They don't discover the Stargate, the Stargate but they are the ones who figure out more or less what it can do. Yeah, and they go through the portal and they end up in in another world that is a lot like egypt because the god ra is residing there but the god ra is not so much a god as much as he is an alien called a gauld and he's the best part of the movie and if you do nothing else after this podcast i demand that you go on to youtube and you look up ra beyonce that's ra space beyonce It is the best 45 seconds of your entire life, I and, promise. And uh, and the Gwauld are parasitic beings that... Uh, he's a parasitic alien. Worm aliens. Well, yeah. It was not that in the movie. He's not the same... No. Kind. They, they look but, like... Uh, they look like the Asgard, actually. Yeah, they look... Yeah, right. They look more of the gray alien style. Um, but uh, he's a parasitic alien... That was dying, and he found that he could continue living if he took a human body as a host. And so a long, long, like early, early Egypt, he came down, he found a boy, he took the boy's body, 
and used it so that he could prolong his life. Okay, wait, I have a question. Yeah. So let's go with your theory that the humans were always on Earth and that okay. rock came and, and put them other places. So he was the first gold to possess a human host? Um, well, I don't... I, I, well, okay, so here's the thing. This is, again, a, uh, probably a difference between movie, TV, because the movie doesn't really talk necessarily about... Other I mean, it kind of mentions the other race, right? It mentions the other people, other creatures in the race, uh, other Gwauld, that's what I should say. They're not creatures. Um, but... Um, so they don't they don't really explain if he if he himself personally was just dying and he figured this out or I mean cuz the way they talk about the story is that Daniel is like reading it off of hieroglyphs. So you're getting pretty much somebody an earthlings or an egyptians story version but of the Ross story. But there is a line that Ross says in the movie where he says that's why I chose your race because right. You're so easy to rebuild. Right. Okay, I'm going to go with well, my theory. Okay. Oh, actually, nope. you know what? That might be true. Because hold on. Now, now this is actually good because, and I don't know this for a fact, but there could make sense because in the TV series that spun off, the original hosts were the Unas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it is, so I think maybe that is what they do. So the original hosts were the Unas and then Ra, and then maybe what it is is that Ra went over and decided to use humans okay. instead i have a theory this is my theory it's the best theory it's the only theory that should exist yes. so you have the gold and they're they're dicking around being gold and then rock came to this planet and was like whoa check out these flesh suits i can live inside this is the best i can rebuild this a billion t- this is amazing and then he was like well i want to take over the galaxy because look at me i'm beautiful now this is well, i'm hot this is amazing so then he took a bunch of humans and he planted them all over and then other system lords were like dang that raw though he looks pretty bitchin i also want to look bitchin and so raw being the trendsetter that he was started the possession of humans possibly nope not possibly okay. fact i'm sorry fact it's the only well you know it's, it's also because humans are real stupid and so it's easy to trick them into believing that they are gods i'm a god look at sure. the staff weapon that's i true. have that's true um it is interesting the differences that they had to make some of the things that they altered a little bit between the movie and the tv show because they you know wanted to make a lasting tv show and they had to alter some of the ideas behind the movie, but also because the movie is only so specific. Though when they originally made this, apparently Roland Emmerich and uh, what's the other guy's name? Todd Hamilton. Yeah, sure. Uh, Benjamin Button. Oh, I, Benedict Cumberbatch. I lost it. It's the other guy who wrote it with... Tony O'Hara. Emmerich. Emmerich directed it, but Emmerich wrote it with somebody Paul else. Simon. Um, I'm so glad you keep saying... Neil Diamond. That. that is really helpful. Why do you keep saying artists who don't write movies <laughs> at all? You don't know. They might have written a movie they, once. I do know. <laughs> you can guarantee to me that Neil Diamond has never written a movie? Um, wait, what? You can't. See, you're not even listening. I'm reading things. Oh, my God. Ugh. 
Anyway, um, you're looking for the writer. The other writer. Well, it's the thing that I have pulled up right now. It's not helpful, but I can't go away from it because I don't. The the what I have pulled up is it's not going to be helpful for me to do that. Anyway, sorry. Um, but the 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 original idea is that it was actually going to be a trilogy for the film. Oh. Yeah, it was the idea. I, and Dean Devlin. Yes, there you go. Yeah, so the idea was together. that first. So the, so some of the ambiguity that's in the movie makes sense because they didn't want to answer all of the questions. But also, I think that's fine. I like it when movies don't. I didn't don't actually. To, I didn't feel like there was that much in the movie that wasn't explained. No, I don't think so. I think they explain enough, but there's obviously. It's, but it's like one of those things when you watch it. There's obviously a lot of extra story there that's not explained. There's a lot of things about Raw that you don't know. Yeah, but I feel like we ex- like. I hate movies that over-explain. Let yeah, me use I, my imagination. Well, I was. I wasn't saying that as a negative. I was just saying. I was just saying that that's part of the reason why they didn't at least try to answer everything. They weren't trying to create a... I mean, like, they created... It's its, its own film, right? Right. So it's not... It, it doesn't need a sequel. No. But they definitely left things enough things in the open so that they could create but instead what they did was make a shit ton of episodes of things so well yeah but roland emmerich and uh devlin had zero things to do with that you can't prove that yes i can maybe he sent out a tweet (laughs) no i I don't think twitter even existed when they started maybe he sent a carrier pigeon (laughs) you are not a part of their business you don't know what they have or have not done decide things i know I know things because they said things. I could say a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. One time, I ice skated <laughs> across an Olympic ice skating rink. Okay. One time, I met a dog, and his name was Todd, and he could do handstands, and he gave me an overripe banana and then told me to suck it. Anyway, the point, well, I don't know what my point was now. So this is what you've done. Good. <laughs> you started saying random things. I'm saying you are awfully presumptuous. Anyway, for oh, someone who's so never actually met these people. presumptuous when there are actual interviews with them where they explain Listen, and say things. I want to explain something to you. <laughs> I want to say things to you. People can lie. But there's, they have no reason. Okay, there's zero the, motivation listen, to listen. lie. The vocalist of Darren Gray lies in all of his interviews. There's no reason. Okay. He just so, does it. So these writers, so Roland Emmerich mm-hmm. and Dean Devlin or whatever, went, oh, Not whatever, yeah. that's his name. Whatever his name is. <laughs> it's yeah. Dean Devlin. Uh, they went, oh, yeah, we're, we're just going to tell people that we have nothing to do with this highly su- successful TV show because we decide that we don't want any credit for Artists that. are weird. But it's, but it's just, they just didn't though. But it if was they're... A, okay. It was an entirely separate idea. You had Robert C. Cooper. You had... Um, Neil n- Diamond. No. <laughs> Listen though, if you're getting paid for it, some people don't care as much about that part. But they weren't getting paid you... for it. You... Don't know that. You've <laughs> never seen their bank 20th, statements. 21st Century Fox owned the rights. And when they were going to do the reboot, I mean, I, now there were some talks 
now people did rumor like oh is like um is the meta tapping gonna maybe be in it or like things like that but pretty much at least when they were first going to do that they weren't going to take in the series into account at all because they never had that into account when they made the original film what are you talking about because they were going to make the second movie but and now it's been scrapped since then but a okay. couple of years ago okay they you were didn't make it. mention that part you it doesn't matter it's common knowledge you didn't say what you were talking about. All you said was 21st Century Fox and with the reboot and Amanda Tapping. What? Yeah. So. so All I'm saying, making... sir, is that don't automatic. You can't. I don't like that you're just deciding it. that these. You have a lot of proof that the singer of Duran Gray is probably a sociopath of some sort. He's not a sociopath. A... He. You, you understand that in order to be a sociopath, you don't feel like emotion right, or connectivity yeah no so does he have mental health problems yeah. probably you know why he lies in interviews because he can because maybe some people don't want everybody in their business okay i yeah. would lie in I, interviews i really don't think that roland emmerich has that problem okay, you don't though. think it's not a problem it's just a thing that- you can think you listen <laughs> this is all i'm saying is you can say i'm pretty sure he yeah, doesn't have anything to do with it. But you would also have other people that would be like, no, yeah, he totally did have a hand in it. Why would everybody lie? Has every single person who's worked on this film been interviewed and asked if what's his name worked on no, the I film? Just, I just mean, but what, why would he, one, why would he lie? And then two, why would people uphold the lie? Why wouldn't other people be like, Roland, why did Roland Emmerich say he had nothing to do with that? Maybe that's because, so weird. Maybe because they can mind their own goddamn business, no, but Jordan. It's Hollywood. They do not mind their own business. Nobody minds their own business. You Your business is everybody's business. You are just making a lot yes. of assumptions. Yes. All, that's all I'm saying. I'm You're just saying. You're being incredibly maddening. <laughs> you're incredibly. Getting, you're getting. I'm so riled up. I know. I'm which so is riled up ridiculous. Right now. <laughs> this is important to me. It's it is not. Stargate. <laughs> Yeah, I. It is one of the only important things in my life. Would you just let Emmerich, what's his name, live his life? <laughs> I am letting him his live, <laughs> le- letting him live his life. But you're telling me that he has mental problems that causes him to no, lie about I... things he doesn't need to lie about. Okay, first of all, I think it is super rude to say that that's a mental problem. Sorry, it's not a mental that, that's problem. True. That's true. It is just some some people just do it for fun. Sometimes you just want people to get out of your face because they've been in it too long. Maybe there's no but motivation. But he doesn't have a history all. of that. I'm. You don't know anything. You're being so like definite. Okay. Well, about then, this how movie. do you know that the singer of Duran Gray has been lying at all? Because he has said conflicting things in various interviews. So in one of the interviews, he has to be lying. Maybe he only lied the one time. Maybe he did only lie the one time. Or maybe they're all true, but he's from different realities. I mean, I don't know. You're just deciding things. You can't just decide that. You're just deciding, oh, well, there's a decent chance that he's lying. Or he could no, be lying. It's so not you a can't decent... believe anything that he's saying. Okay, you need to stop <laughs> no, taking Stargate no. so personally. I'm so personal. You need to stop it. This is my life and You know soul. what you're doing right now? I'm not dating anyone right now. This is all God. I have. Okay, well, you know what? All your girlfriends have been lying too, so how does that feel? <laughs> and I know that for a fact. I know that for a goddamn fact. Uh-huh. They are liars. Yeah. yeah. I said he could be lying because you're getting a little uppity and it's bugging me. You're bugging me. <laughs> it's because 
you're being annoying. We start watching Stargate and you immediately... This is, t- the, this is the most heated we've ever gotten. <laughs> you immediately turn into that guy. I do. You, I am. And it makes it me hate you. This is, this you're the guy who's sitting there like, well, I don't know. In the... <laughs> And if you watch the second Star Wars movie a minute and 45 <laughs> seconds into the fourth scene, you can actually see that there is one of the Ewoks who's actually this guy. And if you look, if you read this interview from 1902, this guy talked. It's like nobody cares. Quit, no, it does, this is fantasy world. This is basically a really cool well, D&D I campaign. I was talking about the director who's not in the movie. But the point is is you're taking it very personally this mm. what we're watching right now is a very inventive D campaign that's it yeah, well that's all most things are exactly so you didn't write it you weren't a part of the interviews <laughs> sit down and shut the fuck up <laughs> and let people talk about things however they want if i want to go into this movie saying daniel jackson and colonel o- o'neill are in love they're so fucking in love I don't care if every interview that's ever existed tells me that they're not. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, well, I mean, you can, but you also do have to take into account context. You, you. No, I do not. Yeah, you have to take. No, you can't. Like, I can't just go. I can't take the Great Gatsby and go. Oh, that's about Ra, the Pharaoh in Egypt. (laughs) Watch me. Yes, I can. But do you have no contextual basis? You have to back. That up with at least within the text, you can have a ridiculous. You give me five seconds, and I'll show you. You can have what can be considered a ridiculous idea, but as long as you can bring the text into it and go, here's why I think that. So I'm actually really not saying that you can't say that Daniel Jackson and Colonel Neal aren't in love. I think you probably could take references within the film. Oh, I promise you, you can make that happen. But I'm just saying that it's a dangerous precedent to just say, I can say whatever I want and you don't get to say a dangerous, that there's... A dangerous precedent. Well, not, not about a movie. Mo- I don't mean about a, a movie. I don't mean about movie. Don't talk about but, Stargate but that, out of context. No, 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 but that's dangerous. That's what people are doing now in general. Is they're oh going, my oh, God. I'm saying no. this is true and I'm saying what you're saying no, is no. fake and you don't get to you disregard me. You should not take me saying that the original writer of the Stargate <laughs> movie... Maybe was secretly involved with the TV show and then turn it into you're talking like a Trump supporter. No, you no. settle. You settle. No. You get back in your mansplain chair and you stay there no, and be silent until you can you talk. You can say normal. whatever you want about the movie and nobody gets to contradict you. Is what you just told because me. it's make believe, Rob. It's no, make no, believe. But they still create it. But you have to do it within the makings of the world. Like if you're playing D and D, you can't just make up rules. There are still rules within the world. You know, want to know a secret? J.K. Rowling made up her own rules, and <laughs> well, she contradicted herself all the time. Yeah, but but it was her world, so she was able to do that. Movie. No, she wasn't. It's still well, it's bad still writing. Maddening, but it's maddening, though. No, it's, it's bad annoying. writing. There's yeah. a difference. But that's what I'm saying, is that they still... Yes, it's make-believe, but they created a world, and they created their oh rules Oh, my God. I am bored with this conversation, so I know that everybody else is. You just I need don't to... think so. There's a lot of mansplainers that are on my oh, side Yeah, and right you know now. what? I hate all of them, There are too. a lot of single bros <laughs> yeah. listening yeah, to Yeah, you can't it. say whatever you want <laughs> about a guy. He worked hard and on and that. And they're saying really rude things about you right Great. now. Great. You know, fucking say rude <laughs> things to me. I'm giving you the raw side-eye. <laughs> well, Beyonce's in the background. 
No, she's doing her own thing. I don't need Beyonce in the background. Uh, I'm just going to side-eye you and judge you for being so mad because <laughs> I had the audacity to say that the original producer of the goddamn Stargate movie was secretly involved with the TV show. But you have no basis <laughs> for saying it. You're so mad about it. Like I You're need, making things I up out of thin air. I need you to stop for a second. Like, honestly, I need you to stop. I need you to take a deep breath, and I need you to honestly evaluate your emotions because it's out of control you can't just create things out of thin air and then argue that they're true it was a joke <laughs> it was a joke uh, you can sit there and make I shitty mean, puns all day and it's you being a comedian <laughs> but i can't make up a story where the original creator of stargate no, is secretly involved no. in television show There's without getting lectured for There's 45 minutes about rules in make-believe and how i can't be a donald trump supporter the line is at stargate <laughs> that's where the line lies. i have never hated you more <laughs> than this Perfect. moment so now that we've lost all of our followers, yes. whether they're misogynists and, uh, and hate what I have to say, now, or they just realize that was a bullshit conversation. Created, now that we've created the new conspiracy that Roland Emmerich has secretly <laughs> written. I promise you it's not a new conspiracy. <laughs> what if it is, though? What if we just started a new like Reddit thread? I don't go on Reddit because that is Me toxic either. as fuck. I don't either. But what if we did? Great. Um, There's also a Reddit thread right now about me being a gauld, and how <laughs> I'm clearly here to overthrow the government. Yeah, which is fine. I think um, I am here to overthrow the government. So uh, some fun Stargate trivia that I was looking up. Is it fun? Well, I like this James Spader quote because you know James Spader. Uh, it was kind of a surprise when he did this movie. How much of a surprise on well, a scale it was just of one like to a ten? Surprise of like, oh wow, James Spader, this like super legitimate actor, is doing a sci-fi space epic movie. That's you know because sci-fi is considered one of the lower rungs. I did a space epic a once, not as not quite as much now, uh, but definitely when Stargate was made uh, here. But it says uh, James Spader admitted that he did the film for the money as he found the script to be awful. He said, acting for me is a passion, but it's also a job and I've always approached it as such. I have a certain manual laborist view of acting. There's no shame in taking a film because you need some fucking money. So James Spader did this because they were going to pay him a good amount of money to do it. And he was like, great. And... I'm totally fine with that. I've never had a problem with that. I feel like um, people forget that actors are workers who are trying to make a living. Mm. <laughs> and that sometimes you take a role because you're like, you know what I need right now? I need some money. And these people will pay me to make money. And I hate the idea that people will get so mad at actors for doing that when it's like, Think about how many crummy jobs you've worked because you're like, well, I need a job right now. I've never taken a crummy job. Right. Sure. Never. You know, but it's like that sometimes you're like, look, this is a crummy job, but you know what? They're going to pay me millions of dollars to do it. And I have to work for like a few months, a year or something to get it together. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. it. And then I'm done with it. And then I can go and then I'll make enough money from this. I can go do other projects that I want to do. Mm hmm. You know, it's like that sometimes as an artist, you have to take the commercial gig 
So that way you can explore yourself as an artist because you don't, you're not always going to get paid for the more artistic endeavors. So that's my take. Uh, did you need to say that out loud so that you could comfort yourself for taking the shitty jobs you've taken? I haven't really taken any shitty jobs but for you, acting. Uh, you've tried, though. I've tried, sure, yeah, because I would totally take them. Yeah, so I'm just but saying, But I'm also like, trying to build a career, too. I mean, now, I, the argument for James Spader would have been, well, he already had a career going, so why did he need to take take this one? But it's like, but it's still a good amount of money, and you're like, yeah, I've got the, I don't, I'm not doing anything right now, and you're going to pay me a crap ton of money to do this movie that I think is stupid. Sure, I'll do it. And he does it well because he's a good actor. Like, he still does his job. And the movie turned out well. I think it turned out better than certainly what he thought it was going to turn out like. But do you like that quote because it gives you comfort for when you take shitty jobs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the future when I take those big jobs. Um, well, they, so this was another thing where it said... The early pre-release screenings of the movie were disastrous. The percentage of the audience who liked the movie fell into the mid-30s. And executive producer Mario Casar realized the main problem was that the plot made zero sense. His solution was to have, have, the raw, have Ra's character's dialogue subtitled. So I guess originally he just said stuff in Guauld. Or does he... Does he say that? I think he's no, speaking. No, he says, no, he's speaking ancient Egyptian. Mm -hmm. In ancient Egyptian, they, they just didn't have him say it because I don't think they actually had Gwauld as a language in the movie. Um, uh, his solution was to have Ra's character's dialogue subtitled and made it into information that presented a clear storyline. When these changes were made, the subsequent test screenings produced an overwhelming majority of positive reviews, and this carried the movie into becoming one of the surprise hits of fall of 1994. Interesting. Yeah. See, that's a fun fact. Yeah. That one like, I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. That just like they also added in the lights with Ra's eyes later on because people weren't reading Ra as an alien enough. Ah. So they, they the, did the lights in the eyes. So that way we went, oh, okay. They needed a feature that said, this guy is still an alien. And that became, which is interesting that they did it just for that because that became a major thing. Uh, within the TV series, because that's a great way to tell a Guauld is the light up of their eyes. Mm -hmm. So, um, the voice didn't give it away. Yeah, you know, I you know, audiences are weird. the The voice and the fact that they told you he's an alien that didn't do right. it. Right. <laughs> hey, this guy's an alien. Also, he's going to sound weird. Oh, we don't know. His lights are up. Oh, that's an alien. Okay, right. now we get it. Now we get that he's an alien. We didn't understand before. Um, look at that. See, and also, here's the other thing. Daniel is a good guy. Daniel takes the argument. I So, uh, when Share comes into the tent and mm -hmm. she offers herself up to him because that's just like a cultural thing and they think he's a god of some sort or a priest of the gods or, mm -hmm. or whatever they think Daniel's because he has the eye of Ra on his neck the necklace uh you know and she exposes herself to him or whatever and Daniel's like whoa 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 no 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 like no I don't that don't do that like that's you shouldn't be doing that um I this is gonna get real for a second but 
I there's always that argument that people make where it's like you have like the woman at like women's feminist rallies and stuff who's like mm-hmm. mostly naked or like something like that and she's like still not asking for it you know it's like still yeah. not asking or still not asking for it and then like some guy there's like some person who like made a terrible argument where they're like well if i just if somebody just left a bank open and the safe open like you know would you expect people to not just go in and take all of the money yes that's exactly what i would expect because it's still stealing right you still did something wrong right for one but in this sense too it's like uh you know daniel's showing this woman just exposed herself and was offering herself up to her he totally could have just had sex with her right there and he's like yeah but it's wrong so because daniel jackson is a solid bro so the idea that you can't control yourself when you see a naked woman. Even Stargate ridiculous. realizes yes. it's stupid. And this was in 1994. Yes. So. Ra's landing. Ra's ship is landing right now. Um, I, I know maybe the f- weird thing is that it, that's an e- a, a quote unquote easy way to show that the, a person is a nice guy. Which in some ways is actually a little crazy because that should just show that they're a regular human being who no. knows basic decency. You, it shouldn't be anything extra for you to not take advantage of another human being. It is a lot extra. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and quite frankly, the way that our society builds it is that if you do that extra, then you deserve something later on. Right. That person now right. owes you. Right. Yeah. Look how good you are for not taking advantage Why of Why did you girl. put me in the friend zone? Because yeah. we're friends, asshole. Yeah. Like, but I didn't force myself on you so (laughs) shouldn't you give yourself up to me now (laughs) i listen to you talk to me yeah bummer i also think anubis is pretty cool in this movie i had an anubis toy you know he comes anubis he's the guy who comes in into the in the first landing of the scene he's the guy who starts killing people off Mm. um wait i thought anubis was a, a star a a system lord yeah they they that's another change that they made between the movie ah and here but i but also they don't really say his name in here i don't think but his name i don't, I don't remember if they say it in the movie but his, his name is anubis definitely in here maybe he became a system lord yeah maybe i mean they i mean other guawuls do have lower guawuls who work for them what's your favorite scene of the movie scene of the movie oh you know i will tell you okay this is this isn't necessarily a favorite scene overall but it's a scene that i always draw parallels with another movie uh it's really early on it's when daniel jackson is in front of the uh other like i think archaeologists and egyptologists that scene reminds me of uh rose red rose red uh -hmm. it reminds me of atlantis actually uh, ah. the, the uh, animated movie. Yeah. Because it, it, him in, what's his name? Philo or, what's it? I don't remember his name. You know, it's kind of a similar thing. You know, they're kind of very similar characters of like these yeah. kind of nerdier. They also look the same. Intelligent people who are having trouble getting the academic community to listen to them until somebody actually believes in them. So yeah. I always draw that parallel and I always think it's funny that there's a parallel between them because then obviously later on you have Stargate Atlantis that also exists. So it's just kind of like a funny right. parallel. So that's not really necessary. But I also like that scene because it's a great introduction to Daniel Jackson. Yeah. 
as it he is. like loses the whole crowd and he fumbles like he fumbles through things but the funniest thing is that he's he's smarter than everybody in there and he really did figure out a thing like the the real uh sad part about daniel jackson is that he discovered this ridiculous thing he figured it out just by being able to really understand hieroglyphics and just being smart before he ever had the evidence that the stargate actually existed he figured this out right and and then he's shunned by the entire academic community but when he's proven right he can't tell anybody <laughs> do you identify with daniel jackson I, is that why you're like 25 percent in love with him daniel jackson's awesome I yeah daniel that's jackson. a yes right that's He's amazing. Okay. I love Daniel. That's a yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Daniel's great. He's my, he's my favorite character. So, um, this scene, the scene that we have on right now is, uh, is actually a really good scene too. The, the smoking scene where he gives, where Coronel gives Scar like a cigarette and Scar tries to imitate him. And it's like a great, it's a, it's a great thing that shows you that, uh, Jack is not just a, hardened a completely right. hardened military guy because i love his relationship with scarrow because yeah, he takes you right he takes the time to actually try and bond with the kid and then the kid picks up the gun and, and then obviously then he's know, not so happy right because he recalls what happened to his son which just shows right. you even more about how much he actually cares right you know because he just does not want that same thing to happen again so um i think i think that's a great that's a great moment too mm -hmm. or uh, a great james spader Another great James Spader moment in the movie is when he gets like super kissed by Sade. Um, because he just like afterwards, he just has like this great, just like shock blank stare on his face. Like he can't believe, like he's probably just never been kissed like that before. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even know how to handle it as a person. My favorite scene is after. Raw kills Daniel Jackson yeah. and then brings him back to life. And then Daniel Jackson like wanders in and is like, I was dead. And Ra's like, yeah, you were LOL. And he's like getting his whole look put on yeah. by his servants. Yeah. And that's when you get the aggressive side eye and he's like, I'm going to blow up your planet yeah. because I do what I want. So, there's that jam. There yeah. can be only one raw, and then he steals the necklace. Yeah. It's my favorite scene. It's so good. Also, when they cut the guy's head off with the rings. Yeah. That's, that's jamming. Uh, they do that to Anubis, actually, I think, actually. There's just, like, Jay Davidson just has really good movement, I feel like. Oh, like, yeah. even in this scene, so we have, we're watching the sarcophagus actually open, and his hand curls over the edge of the sarcophagus and it just it's just really good intentional yeah. dramatic yeah. Every, movement every move he has in this movie is a very purposeful yeah. movement there's nothing frivolous about what he's doing um it's like ev everything has a reason mm -hmm. like you feel like and and what's great about it is that it it so sets him apart from everybody else, which is great because he's supposed to be an alien. Anyway. Well, I think like one of the things that I've always really loved about Raz, it actually sets him apart from the other Gaul. Is what I feel yeah. is that the other Gaul have an obvious power about them. They're yeah. usually very like either large men or very yeah. like um, aggressive looking women. Yeah. Like uh, oh shit, who's the one that had all the babies? 
Hathor? Must be. Like, she was very, like, um, I don't like to use the word aggressive because, well, whatever. They're villains, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> they are aggressive. But, right. like, they're very, like, outwardly aggressive. Right. All of the villain, like, all the other gold are very outwardly right. aggressive. Rod doesn't have that. That yeah. aggression is in his movement, which is very, like, intentional. And yeah. it's very subtle. And he's very calculating. And those are the kinds of villains that I really like that aren't so, like, big. Yeah. That are more, but to me that reads more powerful. Oh yeah, no because, because they don't have to. He's like I don't have to show you my. I'm raw. I don't, I don't. I don't have to. You know, it's like it's like I don't have to front. Right. You know, I. I the, why would I? I'm in charge. Right. It, I. I wouldn't need it. like the only reason why you front is because you're not in charge and you're trying to become. You're trying to show your power. Say like, I don't need to show you my power because I have the power. Right. I'm already in power. Why do I need, you know, it's, um, you know, it's that thing is, you know, they always talk about uh, don't go down to somebody else's level, right? Like if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're successful and somebody much less successful than you, like starts to uber criticize you, don't talk back to them. You're, you're the only thing that you're doing is raising their status and mm-hmm. you're not doing anything for yours. In fact, you might be lowering yours because now you are taking yourself down where maybe if you just ignored that person or if you just blew it off, you go, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, and like the bra is more like that. It's like, oh, you don't even matter. It's why I think that there is a possibility, not that they'll write it this way, but that there is a possibility that General Hux will be the big bad for the Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. Interesting. Because he is hyper intelligent. Right. But he doesn't seem like a threat. Right. Maybe because he doesn't need to be. Right, which is funny. Or he's a throwaway character and which it doesn't matter. It's funny that he doesn't seem like a threat when he's the guy who built that whole army. <laughs> so Yeah, but I and mean And also he built the Star Killer base. Listen to the way that people talk. Yeah, about, I know, that's I, what I mean. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into yeah. how people talk about the last Jedi episode. because that that's will our just... Star Wars episode. <laughs> Plus, I can't let you get back on any kind of pedestal tonight. You're done. <laughs> and if we tar- start talking about Star Wars, then that's just going downhill. I do think it is what made Darth Vader such a good villain, though. Yeah. I mean, and he was obviously very powerful and very large. But well, the Force is scary because it's... Yeah, but he has a similar thing where it's just like, but he... He has like powerful movement, but he's not necessarily like I I don't know. Um he he doesn't really have to show off as much either. Like I mean he chokes the guy in like episode four and um Yeah, he does. And stuff, but um there's also something to be said for less lines sometimes for bad guys. Yeah. I I don't think they all have to have like I mean it depends on the, the, the type of bad guy you're trying to create, you know, like you like to hear Hannibal Lecter speak. That's because Hannibal Lecter is not a bad guy. Right. But it's like, he also, yeah, it's not, yeah, I, I mean, I, maybe that's. A, oh, I mean, it, it, that's like, not fair. Hannibal Lecter is a serial killer. Right. He's killed a lot of people. Yeah. Sorry. Raising of the sarcophagus. Um, Hannibal Lecter has a different. yeah but his like hyper intelligence and just the way he talks you like to listen to him but there's also something to be said for 
you know, it, it makes me think of like, uh, you know, in Jaws, when they made Jaws, I mean, this is different because it's about a shark, but when they made Jaws originally, they wanted to show the shark a lot more, but mm-hmm. they were having a lot of problems with the shark itself, um, with the mechanics of the, the mechanical They just wanted more money. Um, yeah, I guess so. And so they were having problems with that, so they couldn't show the shark as much, but it actually turned out to work really well. And the reason why it worked so well was because you built up more tension right. with the shark. If you saw the shark all the time, you would get kind of get used to it. It's what makes Stephen King books so good. Right. And why Stephen King movies usually don't work out very well. Because you can't show the monster right away. Yeah. Uh, there's that movie. Um, I want to say it's called Hush. Maybe I don't know. It's a hush, it's a movie yeah. about a woman who is deaf, and she yeah, lives kind hush. of out. Yeah, is it hush? hush? Yeah. And she lives kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And um, a guy wa- is going to break into her home. And they the um, promo pictures from the movie and everything are this guy with like a kabuki mask on, okay. but he takes it off like three minutes into the movie. Uh, and yeah. so you had this whole thing going for you, yeah. where you have like. You lose the sounds that you usually have in a horror movie that right. tip you off on something's happening. And you had an anonymous person. Right. So it's like what the strangers did really, really well, where you have this group that is antagonizing and toying with and torturing these people. Yeah. We never see their faces until the very, right. very end of the movie after they've already right. killed them. And we only see it kind of vaguely. We still don't know the people. They're still, they're strangers. When they took that out of this movie, Hush, it's like, I'm not afraid of him anymore. Now he's someone who I can fight. Yeah. He's nothing. Yeah. So giving, I, I do think you're you're right in, in having some vagueness with villains. Well, it creates a nice mysticism, you know? So mm-hmm. like Ra, it's like, he's really not in the movie a lot. No. I mean, you see his power because, you know, he's got his guards, you know, his Jaffa and, well, I don't know if they call him Jaffa in the movie, but. Um, Probably not. I don't think so. Um. But they don't really give you a lot of the terminology. So, um, so and he, and even when he's on, he doesn't say like a whole lot there. I mean, there are definitely just scenes where it's just he's just giving his side eye, you know, and like and that's it. Um, or he gives like a word or two, and then somebody dies. Well, and then even his his whole um, like you know you you have that the trope of the villain like reveals his big plan. Yeah, his big reveal was very short. Yeah. It was, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to take that bomb that you made. I'm going to put it with some of our, um, the material that we have and I'm going to blow your planet up. Right. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Right. He doesn't give all the details. No. And he doesn't like, it's not this huge, big, like spiel that he gives. It's just like, I don't need to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to blow your planet up. Yeah. Y'all shouldn't have come here. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you learn? Yeah, and I think I think it just it just works well. It's just it's something that creates it creates a more interesting bad guy. And I think Darth Vader also has some of that. For a while, you don't know a lot about Darth Vader. He's this guy in a a cool slash scary suit who walks around and can choke people and kills people. <laughs> and like, and then that's it. You know, he he's doesn't have a lot of lines. You know, there's not. You know, Darth Vader doesn't like sit down and chat with somebody. <laughs> Right. You know? um, and then when he does talk, you always think, man, he 
knows something that I don't know. You know, or he he talks to Luke the way he talks to Luke is, um, you know, it is pretty much you don't know the whole story. Right. And you're like, what is the story? What is it? Like, who are you? You know, uh, I mean, people forget all the time that when you were first watching Star Wars that you did not know that Darth Vader was Luke's father. You right. You know Darth Vader's history. All you knew was that all you thought you knew was that Darth Vader killed Luke's father because that's what Obi-Wan told us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what Obi-Wan and Luke's uncle told him. Right. And so that's all that we had. That was all of our information at the time. And then Empire comes out and towards the end of it, it's like, holy crap. Oh, that's why Luke saw his face in uh, on Dagobah when mm-hmm. he cut off Darth Vader's head. Because, oh, he's related to him. In fact, that's his father. Like, we didn't know that beforehand. Uh, That's a little bit off topic. But, a little bit. But, I mean, the idea is that, you know, in this movie, we don't know all about Ra. And they did have an idea for a trilogy. So, maybe later on, we would have gotten some of that extra information to be like, holy crap, I had no idea. You know, who knows what the information would have been. I know it won't happen, but I hold out every episode of Stargate that we get raw back. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I know, but every episode, I hold out that hope anyways. Plus, the other thing that's cool with Stargate is the, is the, like, Egyptian lore. Yeah. I love, not just, I mean, they do it in the movie. Um, In the movie, it's great because they also have them speak, like, a very old, ancient, Egyptian yeah. tongue. Um, now, in the series, they still have them do that on Abydos, but they also also know how to speak English because, well, I mean, they have been living with Daniel for a while, so he's been able to teach them English yeah. also. But, um, you know, they go to other planets and they kind of create an excuse for why most of them pretty much speak English. Uh, and that was a convenient choice just because it's like, look, we're not a big budget thing. We're not, it's just... And also, well, it's easier for people to watch if just and everybody I, speaks exactly, English. Exactly, exactly. But it's just cool, you know, to have these things of different cultures. And I love being able to play with the ideas. I mean, the ideas of ancient aliens is not new. So um, there's a lot of things with Stargate that takes from, like, the ancient alien ideas. From what people have, what they think about from ancient aliens and how they've all worked and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, because there's definitely a huge thing that aliens built the pyramids because right. people are like, there's just, we can't explain how they could have built these pyramids in the amount of time that they built it. We don't know how they could have done it as quickly as they did. Um, and people also, <laughs> also think it's weird that you have pyramids in Egypt and then you also have ziggurats, which are pyramid-like structures even though I don't think that's that random because it's like, well, that's just, it's geometry. Right. They just figured out geometry and they went, right. this is a pretty strong way to build a building here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, it's like that it it builds off of that and that it takes real historical stuff, you know, like Ra was obviously a god right. within Egyptian culture. So it gives you a reason of why people created the god. It's like, oh, but he was an alien. That's why. Right. You know, rocks. You know, so it just kind of creates like fun stuff within the mythology that existed within Egypt. And then the TV show carries that kind of stuff on and actually really carries it on more uh, than the movie because they go more in depth. It's like, oh, yeah, this Egyptian god, he does this, 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 and this. 
so you can kind of expect what the Gwauld will be like because he they probably have they have those stories about him because he was actually a Gwauld. Mm-hmm. You know, even though people originally thought, oh no, that's just a myth. They just made up this god, you know, to worship. I don't know, but it's just like a cool it's just a cool thing to do within the series. It adds an extra depth to it. Um that makes it more than just a sci-fi action movie. Well, that's what I like about what they do with the Asgards as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, right. It's interesting. Right, yeah. You get the Norse mythology, and, mm-hmm. which is already cool mythology, and then you get to have the active version of it. You know, it's just kind of like a cool, I don't know. It's a, it's a cool thing to do. I think that's why, I think that's part of the reason why, after this, why it had so much success as a TV show. One, because... The Stargate itself created a lot of possibilities, you know, going to a lot of different planets and traveling around. It made made things easier there. But then also because you could use this Earth mythology to kind of create, recreate these old mythical stories is actually a a great, a great thing to do. But now it just involves aliens. (laughs) Right. But I mean, I, I still think that like the biggest reason why Stargate has been as successful as it is is because you have good characters. Yeah. You have good characters with good dynamics and you create storylines that are pretty inclusive, more or less. And that's not something that you get very often right. in, especially in, in I think, mainstream sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, real, they're real characters and they've got some depth. They have some history. They don't. But they don't, like, feel the need to, like, go into crazy depth with it. They just give you enough that you know it's there and the actors are good enough. I mean, Kurt Russell's also a a good actor, Right. You know, it's like that they're, you know, Kurt Russell, James Spader and stuff are are deep enough. But even the side characters. I think it is so important when you are writing fantasy to not explain everything. Yeah. Because the second you start explaining everything, it stops becoming a fantasy world. And the only exception to this rule is J.R.R. Tolkien. Because he went beyond explanation into literally creating an entire world. No, like, very rarely do people do that. So you can't have someone like jk rowling who yeah created a fine world but then took it too far right she went from not explaining anything to trying to explain everything and not having the capability of doing that yeah and then she contradicted herself right having things that are just as they are it's something that guillermo del toro does really well is i feel like where he creates these worlds there's just magic yeah there's no other explanation it just is because that's the way i wrote it yeah and that's all the explanation you need to have and i think that when you allow yourself to not have to have answers for everything and you just allow yourself to exist in this world where there's aliens and they pretend to be gods because then they can get whatever they want right well, that you yeah, just split you know, it. Uh, I mean, I, I I think actually a good example of that is actually with Star Wars with the Force. Like people got pretty upset in Episode One when George Lucas came up with the Metaclorians idea because people got upset because it felt like they he was trying too hard to explain the Force with a scientific method. And I, I mean, I didn't have that big of a problem with it because I don't think it. Like, I don't think he was explaining the force. No, he was just explaining yeah, why this I, one rando kid. Right. I don't. Had I don't such think good power I think there's the like plenty of mysticism around the force. Still, like I don't think it ruined anything. But people really did, and it, it can show you sometimes the issue that comes if you try to explain 
too much. Right. If you try to overly explain these ideas of something that it is something you just made up. Like, I just made it up. So then if you try to ground it in something more specific, you can run into problems. Well, and I'm also and circle it back, it, it I'll circle loose, back to Stephen King is that, like, the reason why Stephen King books are as good as they are is because he uses your own mind against you he is a very descriptive writer but he writes in such a way that like you are imagining everything so the second that you have someone who makes a movie about that and tries to like visually represent everything that your mind was coming up with it fails yeah the original it movie with tim curry is a great movie right but then you get to the end and they show because it is supposed to be a being from a different dimension is essentially what it is. And spoiler alert, I guess. Um, (laughs) But the second that you tried to put that into something that is just in a movie, it loses that effect. You have to allow it to just be and to allow us to fill in the gaps because we're we're the consumer and we have that capacity so just let us just let us do it and that's where some of the fun lies though that's where some of the entertainment lies and is that then you can have the debates about it right then you can have your ideas about it it's harder to have your ideas about it if they go nope it's exactly like this and then you go well now that's kind of stupid though you're like now i now i think less of this thing that i love because you came up with something stupid. <laughs> well, it's kind of like um, it, when it comes to like shipping characters, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I've seen recently, especially, you get this uh, this idea like, well, the show, if, if the show doesn't make my relationship that I like the actual relationship, then what do I have? You have your goddamn yeah. imagination. That's what you have. And in fact, yeah. I don't want show writers touching the relationships that I like. Well, yeah, because I, it ruins it. Well, they think, will ruin it. I think there's a lot of times that's where the problem. Is. So it's not. It's not necessarily that. You know, because. Yeah, it's that the the you know, you shouldn't bend to the whim of the audience either so it's not it's not about bending to the whim of the audience by not giving information because you also don't want to bend to the whim of the audience by giving too much information because that's what they're demanding i think that's why jk rowling got into problems is because people were demanding she bent to everything right oh surprise exactly. dumbledore is gay oh right, lol because, but we're not going to include anything that with seemed it. like that's what people wanted so she was just kind of like oh yeah sure i can make that real i can make well, that it real. also made her relevant again which right. was important to her but it's like but then you got yourself into trouble because you were creating these specifics of a world when you were creating these specifics of a world without really double checking to make sure that it didn't contradict other things that you've already written. Well, about. and also like you're just you don't need to the yeah. Harry Potter world especially is it's really good. But the second that you start putting all these restrictions, you you, you lose what makes it magical right and so like with something like stargate is i i like that it is vague i enjoy that there are a lot of things that go unexplained there are a lot of things that just are right um that we can talk about it maybe not with you because you got an attitude (laughs) problem but that you can talk about like where did raw come from why did he come here right um and just be able to kind of create your own fantasy around it and that's that's what i 
I like stories that just are. I like magic that exists for the sake of existing and for no other reason. Well, yeah, because it's, it's nice to feel the magic. I mean, like, I've, one of my favorite movies is Midnight in Paris the, um, with uh, Owen Wilson and stuff. And if you haven't seen it, even though it is a Woody Allen film, um, I would, I mean, I still think you should see it because it's a really great film, is that, you know, Owen Wilson's character in that, he goes on a walk late in Paris at around uh, at midnight and this carriage thing or old car shows up. I think it's an, yeah, it's an old car shows up and he just gets in and he's suddenly transported back to like the 1920s. Right. And he meets all of his, the writers that he admires the most, the artists that he admires the most and stuff. Cause to him, it's, that was the golden era. That was the best era for him and for writing in general. And just, it was just a great time. But the movie never explains any of it. Because they, you shouldn't have right, they to. They don't tell you, oh, here's why at midnight at this certain street in Paris, he gets transported back. They don't tell you if it happens at other places around the world. They don't tell you any of that. It's just, it Good just happens. stories don't need every yeah. detail explained. Yeah. They just are. You, and it just happens your and responsibility you as a viewer is to just, accept it to sit well, there and, if and like that's and if it's not, done well it's easy it's to not accept. to say like it, just accept plot holes but the idea that everything has to be explained in every single thing that's ever been created is silly because you don't want that anyway no use your own once, goddamn imagination because once that happens you pick it you're gonna pick it apart once they give a bunch of explanation you're gonna tear it you down. pick it apart anyways like God, I've it's just ridiculous. Nobody's ever happy, so just shut up and enjoy your <laughs> we'll goddamn never big movie. Be happy. Um, anyway, so oh, this is actually oh, hold on one more fun fact. I have to share this. Apparently, have to James Brown. So James Brown's scream from his song "I Feel Good" was used as a sound effect in the scene demonstrating the alien taking control of the young boy's body. So that. That was exactly the sound, right? That's I, hilarious. Yeah, they must use it and obviously like distorted it and like changed it around a little bit. But it's like, like it's a funny thing. Like, how, how did that happen? Were they like, what kind of noise do we need? Were they in like a meeting and somebody was like, what kind of noise do we need for this? And somebody was like, you know what we need is we need James Brown's voice when he screams in "I Feel Good." That's, That's crazy. What we need. If we use that, that'll be pr- like. How did they get there to use James Brown's? He was listening to that song. Recording. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know, maybe he was like, hey, wait, I could use that. I don't know. But I think, um, I guess on the, maybe we should end with talking about what we think the importance maybe of it is, according to, at least in the sci-fi realm of okay. Stargate here. Or or maybe what we, where we would maybe rank it amongst our sci-fi realm well you rank it as your valentine clearly (laughs) well uh i for me as far as like the world goes it's probably second behind star wars for me like as far as like the whole world who's to say that it doesn't exist in the same world as star wars well i'm not oh i'm not saying it doesn't i i i I don't know are you (laughs) (laughs) look (laughs) we need to move past this you are being on. a salty motherfucker. That I was a while ago now. You, uh, I don't even know how there. long ago now. 
Uh, time is relative. It could have been months ago. It felt like months since we ago. Had this conversation. No, I just mean as like as far as like a a, a sci-fi world that I will constantly want to throw myself into that I will constantly want to watch and be a part of in whatever form it exists. Um, Stargate and, you know, Star Wars is probably number one. Stargate is probably my number two. We don't need any more than that. Just number one and number two. Number one, number two. Though Firefly would be pretty high up God damn it, Jordan. You ruined it. it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't know where, like, if I ranked Stargate as, like, on my favorites of, like, sci-fi movies, I don't know exactly where I would rank it. I'd have to take more time to think that over just as, like, a movie, uh, uh, as a movie that I enjoy, that uh, as a sci-fi movie that I enjoy. I'm not exactly sure where I would put it in my rankings, but um, as as far as, like, the world that's been, that is, that it created, I think it's my number two. Well, I would definitely rank it high, but I'm going to be honest, it lost some points with me because listening to you talk about it for as long as you did made me want to die. Wow. Wow. I would... But those are just my ideas. You no, made your own. No, it's just listening to you talk about it has been hurting my my soul. Wow. Listening to you get so mad. It's called passion. It's so mad. I care. I get mad because I can't. No, that is a shitty excuse. <laughs> that's yeah, that is that's a really it's bad excuse. It's the worst of like, excuses. I only burned down the house because I care. I was mad. I care. It um, shows that I care. I rank it also up there with Star Wars because it's a good world. It's got good characters and the movie has fantastic costumes, which I think is something that is Often overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just really, I like it. There's some really, really happy costume designers right now listening in. I just mean in sci-fi specifically. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's like, oh, we went to an alien planet, and so they're wearing Victorian clothes because aliens. Right, yeah. yeah. And it's like, obviously, this is taken from ancient Egypt, but that's something we don't see very often, Mm -hmm. and there's a level of, like, opulence that I feel like if you are a an alien overlord, why would you not do that? Be opulent as right. fuck, right. man. And so I appreciate that aspect of this film. Yeah. And I just stand by Stargate being a really just solid like gang of people. Like you get SG one out there, they love everyone. I mean, they fight a lot, but Yeah. But you they're got, always they're always they're, to do the they're right dynamic. Thing. They yeah. are they there's an, an, enough difference in their personalities. Well, and not just their personalities, but where they come from. You yeah. have Tilk, who is an actor of color, right? Um, and I mean, granted, he is playing the alien role, but he's like a powerhouse mm-hmm. in his community, um, and he's leading a revolution that is being very successful, yeah. and yeah. is at least where we're right now in SG One. Um, and you have Daniel Jackson, who's super smart, but also super caring and really, really, uh, wanting to learn about other people and other cultures. And then you have Samantha Carter who kicks all the ass just ever. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's really good. Ooh. Okay. Sorry. It's, uh, it's nice to have the, um, it's nice to have the philosophical differences too within that mm-hmm. because you know you've got Daniel who 
Daniel and 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 Colonel Neil bump heads a good amount because Colonel Neil has to look at things from his military standpoint, and then. But Daniel has this more humanitarian standpoint of we need to help everybody, and Jack's mm-hmm. like, well, we can't always help everybody. But and then and then the nice thing is that both Sam and Teal'c kind of waver between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sometimes like they're one of them's with Jack and one of them's with Daniel. Sometimes you know, it's like yeah. they kind of flip flop because they're both more a little more in between. Of that, because obviously Sam is also military, so she does take right. that into account. But then she also has the scientific approach, too, where she's like, well, we need to consider scientific ramifications and what's important there. And then Teal'c also has a very clear sense of what he thinks is right and wrong. And sometimes that aligns with Jack and sometimes that aligns with Daniel. And and it's cool that they all kind of get their, their say within it. Uh, and you can see it here too. I mean, it happens. I mean, they, that dynamic grows from the movie between mm-hmm. Jack and Daniel. I mean, that's obviously where the TV show kind of took it from. That um, eventually, you know, Daniel's able to convince Jack that we need to save these people, and they can fight for themselves. Who so they need to learn to fight for themselves, and we need to help them fight because we can't just blow up this entire planet. Right. Because we're scared. You know, we can't just doom an entire race of people because of our own fear. Um, And eventually Jack comes around to that idea. So it's just like, you know, he's like, oh, I know that there's a threat. We need to figure out how to get rid of the threat while still saving these people's lives. Right. You know, and so it's like it's cool that the dynamic builds through that and they're able to carry that through the rest of the other series and kind of grow the relationship um based on that i think i think really they did a great job in the series they changed what they needed to change to sort of make it work as a series because also the other thing is that i mean the other thing is that technically when they go to abydos they go to a different galaxy when it's in the movie and the show they change it to somewhere within the milky way because the the science that they use behind it, they have to alter the, the science to make it so that it, it's in the Milky Way and not in a different galaxy. But it's like, you know, but it's stuff that it doesn't really matter that much. It's like, you know, they change, they just change enough to make it into a series. Mm-hmm. But that they can, they, they took the movie and they went, what are the relationships? They didn't just like disregard everything in the movie. <laughs> right. And go, let's just make our own TV show. They went, what's the movie like? What's the relationship between Jack and Daniel? And and not only that, but still have those characters. They could have just not had those characters. They could have just cut them out and they could have just been like, oh yeah, we figured out how to dial the other planets and here's this team of people that we're going to send yeah. out. So the fact that they kept those characters, um, obviously they had to recast them, but they kept those characters and then they kept their relationship similar and then they just kind of grew it more throughout the series was like a really neat thing to do. Um, it's a well written well worked series they did a good job and i would rank it high yeah i would rank you low yeah but Um, i would definitely rank this high so it okay um well i don't know if we have an ending i don't have an ending beyond that watch stargate if you haven't already watch stargate and also be sure to 
listen to us on we are now also on iTunes. So you can listen to us on SoundCloud SoundCloud and iTunes. And we have our Facebook page and we have Twitter. Instagram exists, but there's nothing on there. But we exist there, which is great. Um so you know, go and follow those things as we hopefully learn how to post more nah. about stuff like that, uh, about stuff in general, even if it's random things. Um, maybe you'll be able to learn more about the divine intervention that we had on our third episode that does that exists but does not exist right now. Uh, that's what we get for trying to talk about religion. Um, oh no, now I'm owing a lot. Oh, I hate it when I do that. I okay, listen, we're done. I listen to these and I uh all the time. Okay, and I'm like, then oh, let's let's call it. This is terrible. It's done. The podcast is over. Bye. <laughs>